Welcome back. Let's get started with the prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Loving God, Lord Jesus, we come before you, and I thank you for the gift of our lives. I thank you for creating us to be recipients of miracles. I thank you for the the ways that you have intervened supernaturally in our lives. And Lord, today I come before you together with my brothers and sisters in this incredible gift of being your followers, your disciples, being Roman Catholic Christian disciples of you, Jesus. And for those times and ways that we are unappreciative, we take for granted, we just fail to express our gratitude to you for the lavishing of so many good gifts upon us. For that we say we're sorry. For the stubbornness, for the clinging to old ways, clinging to ways that are narrow, that are um, that are, are so lacking in generosity. Lord, give us that grace today to appreciate, to see with new eyes, and to be open to receive in, in, in entirely new ways the the miracles, the, the supernatural interventions, the graces and the gifts by which you long to shock us with your generosity. And Lord, make us witnesses, make us witnesses to your glory. Make of us witnesses to this, to these realities, to these great riches that you put into our hands. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this is part four <laughs> of a series of programs. The other parts you'll hear on last week on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. So if you go to mycatholicfaith.org, you'll see our new website. Yay! It's simple, so super simple and clean. Very, very easy for you to access um, um, these previous programs of Sound Insight. You'll see it there listed as the Dr. Tom Curran podcast. And uh, those of you who are internet savvy, those of you who do go to the internet and, and look for ways of connecting um, to me, um, you'll find the ability to email me if you want to drop me a message, uh, if you want to give me some feedback. You also have the ability to uh, subscribe to this Dr. Tom Curran podcast, the, the version of this program, after it is heard on the radio. And uh, if you do do that, subscribe, subscribe and, and rate the pro- rate to the podcast. If you rate it on Apple Podcasts, the Dr. Tom Curran podcast, it will elevate its visibility so that other people will be blessed and benefit from it. And, and by the way, when you go to mycatholicfaith.org, 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 you'll also have the ability to connect with me on social media, especially Facebook, um, but also YouTube you'll be able to, most of all, be able to access a whole bunch of free resources. I have a whole bunch of um, audio, so uh, free resources that are series that um, I used to sell. Now I just give them away free of charge, as well as videos and even books. Um, I've written several books, and three of them are available online as digital downloads. Again, free of charge. But... um, uh, in order to get them to you, you just have to go on to mycatholicfaith.org and just type in your email address, and that way we'll know where to send them to you. So um, if you could do that, that would be a great way for us to stay connected, and you'll also get um, visibility. We'll send you information about other free resources that I'll be producing in months ahead. So there we go. want to be a gift to you. There's my hope. Uh and so I mentioned that because there are these other three programs where I was laying out some just like real fundamental things that just at the ground level of of building a life of faith. And and the first one was just knowing the reality of God. God is the living God. And and I talked about this as a way of helping you come to realize or experience certain aspects or attributes of God as being. Um, God who is um, uh, God who is uh, Almighty, God is, who is glorious in His divine Majesty, and God who is ineffable. That was the first word I was trying to think of. 
<laughs> there's a little there's a little theological humor in there. Ineffable means un, unable to be brought to speech, and I couldn't remember the word. So I think that's kind of funny. All right, there you go. See, see the kind of humor you have to live with if you lived with me. So the ineffability of God. God is so big. Well, from there, I focused in on the, the reality that Jesus Christ, this manifestation of the living God, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, comes to earth, and we have this inbreaking of God's kingdom, and how Jesus manifested and demonstrated this kingdom through miracles, through supernatural interventions by which he elevates what is happening in this world beyond what is found as being capable in the world in and of itself. So God moving to demonstrate and to manifest what happens when we open our lives to him. And so I spent the program on Friday in particular defining what does it mean to to experience a miracle? What is a miracle? And, And really where I ended up was recognizing the fact that you, as a Catholic Christian, are surrounded by, in these most important moments of your Catholic life, supernatural interventions of God that are miraculous, that elevate us beyond what we could expect or even imagine as possible in our own lives of faith. And those are in the sacraments, through baptism being elevated from a status of creature to a status of child of God. In confession, being brought from a place of being cut off from God and the life of God to being spiritually resurrected and restored into communion with the God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What an incredible gift confession is. It's miraculous. And focusing in particular on the gift of Holy Communion at the sacred liturgy that the living God draws near to us as Eucharist, that Jesus Christ the living Lord comes close to us and communes with us, body, blood, soul, and divinity in his real and holy presence as Eucharist. And and that's where I left off. And just to say that the miraculous that was manifested in the sacraments also was apparent in the scriptures by how Jesus, when he proclaimed the gospel, also performed signs and wonders and deeds of power, including in that um, his his leading provision and protection, leading, providing, and protecting us, leading, providing, and protecting us in our own life of faith. And so, so where I ended up on the program uh, and said I would pick up today is on this reality that um, we are called upon as well to be open to, open to the reality that the Lord has miracles in store for you what happened in the scriptures, what is manifested and demonstrated in the sacraments is also something that you can have an expectant faith to occur in your own life. That miracles aren't just set set apart um, for the lives of saints as proof or credibility of their message and of their sanctity. No, you have a father who loves you so much that he desires to manifest with a tenderness, with a nearness, just how much he delights in you. That Jesus Christ is with you, and in being with you is not only with you as the God of divine majesty who is so big that it stuns us into silence, that we are astonished and unable to bring to speech the encounter that we have with the Almighty God. No, there's also an entire dimension of nearness, tenderness, intimacy that the Father longs to manifest through His Son in your life. One of the beautiful um, ways of describing who you are in the eyes of God that is, like, it it runs through our tradition, is that you are a gift made by the Father and given to the Son. (laughs) It's just, just, I I just shake my head. I, I just shake my head and wonder, like, that's who I am? Who am I? Like, 
who am I? I'm not just a member of this family, or I have this name, or I come from these parents, have this nationality, have this job, whatever, whatever, right? All these different ways that we want to kind of find ways of, of grounding our sense of identity. But if I said, do you know who you are? You are one whom God specially designed, willed into being, and offered as a gift to the Son of God. That the first person of the Trinity, your Heavenly Father, willed you into being to present you as a gift to the Son of God. That's just... If, if that truth were alive in our consciousness, how would things change for us? What I'm, what I'm speaking to here is this sense of delight. And, and delight is something that you can experience. Delight is something that you can encounter. The, the love of God made manifest and poured over your being poured into your being, soaking into the depths of your heart. One of the beautiful gestures, and you, you, I'm sure have seen it, but I don't know if you have reflected on it, is when a priest processes in and moves into the sanctuary, he comes around to the altar, and what does he do? He bends down and he kisses the altar. Do, do you remember that? Like, think about that. I'm sure you you say, oh yeah, that's right, he does that. When he comes around, he, again, walks up the steps or enters into the sanctuary, comes around to the backside of the altar, and then he bends down and he kisses the altar and then repeats that gesture at the end of Mass. Why? Well, the altar symbolizes, stands for, represents Jesus. And... When you stop and say, what is the priest doing by kissing the altar? It is a demonstration and manifestation of what? Tenderness, nearness, devotion, love, desire. This, This sense of acknowledgement in the midst of this sacred liturgy, at the very beginning and at the end of this holy sacrifice of the Mass, like the very first act the priest does in coming into the sanctuary and bowing before the altar, he comes around and he kisses the altar. I just find that just a powerful thing to think about, that... What is expressed there is, is, is it's like you, you gained access to uh, a privileged and, and even like a private moment of expressing a relationship, something very beautiful, something holy. And I, I want you to like think about that as a way of getting at the kind of nearness and tenderness and delight that you can seek, you can ask for, you can bring a sense of faith expectation that it's the Lord himself who longs to come close to you, who approaches you, who's knocking on the door of your life, of your heart, of your today, not only as the almighty, ineffable, glorious God who is overwhelming in majesty before whom we fall as though dead, but instead as the God of nearness, as the God who comes close. And so what I'm talking today about this reality of you were made for miracles. You were made to experience supernatural breakthroughs, breakthroughs initiated by God, breakthroughs that the Lord himself longs to pour forth into your life 
that you were made for this, that it's not something like that is extraordinary from the standpoint that it's not supernatural, it's supernatural, but where the extraordinary becomes the expected, not because of who we are, but because of who our God is and who you are in our Heavenly Father's eyes. When we come back, I'm going to pick up on this theme and share a few stories with you as well. Back in a minute with Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Carnes. Great to be with you. You were made for miracles, to be a recipient of supernatural interventions today. Today. And maybe this program, when you, whenever you're hearing it, however you're hearing it, is an invitation from the Lord. I'm a herald. I'm an angel. I'm a messenger sent from God to help you to raise your awareness and this sense of what do I expect from God? Well, expect the Lord to come and move in your life in miraculous ways. Miraculous ways to heal, to unbind, to set free, to bring new life. Remember now, these supernatural signs and wonders and deeds of power, these are ways that the Lord leads and provides and protects you. He's your good shepherd. This is what he longs to do in your life. This ought to be something that is not shocking to us, but is accepted by us in a beautiful way, in a powerful way. And so um, I want to give a testimony. I want to give a testimony about, I, I mentioned how the Lord, he will break through into our lives in supernatural ways to do what is shockingly generous. And how I know as I'm talking to a lot of um, men out there and, and men and women who are um, you, who are being used in their own families by God to provide for their families, the jobs you have, the economic opportunities you have, that uh, you're able to make wealth be something that is how God is providing for your family, right? I talked about this on Thursday of last week and the story of the call of Peter and how we don't abandon the nets and, and leave behind all of that wealth that the Lord will put into our hands. Some, some that happens too, but for most of us, the challenge is, is um, a very concrete and difficult one where we come to recognize that the wealth, whatever that is, that gets put into our hands, we're not owners, we're stewards of it. Um, I still did go out and buy lottery tickets. <laughs> I didn't win. I didn't win. Uh, yeah, there's the humanness there. I, I think I, I, I don't know if I was saying I wasn't going to, but now now that both of them are over 300 million, I guess I'm going to have to go back out again. Just donate more money to whoever does win. Um, I know statistically it's an insane move, but um, someone has to win. <laughs> um, okay, so coming back to uh, this reality that uh, God is a is a God of shocking generosity. Um, literally over the weekend, um, so two things happened this weekend that are related to how God's supernatural breakthroughs in our lives um, operate. And so the first part of it I'll share with you is related to what my family and I did over the weekend. Well, it was the Labor Day weekend, right? And so Carrie took the kids, all the kids that are still at home, and she went to Mazama, so to central Washington. Uh, and she was visiting there with um, one of her sisters and their family. And I stayed back at the house. I stayed home. And I stayed home not because I didn't want to go, but because I've been working on my real estate license. Um, I started over a year ago, and uh, it, in order to get a real estate license in the state of Washington, you have to take these classes, and I chose to take these classes in an online format. And so basically you go log in, and then you, you basically work your way through these two courses, and you have to complete the courses, and then you can take the test uh, to, to be, get your real estate license. And 
um, I had done this. I had started down this path because um, real estate has been something that was, um, it sort of, it dawned on Carrie and me as something that, you know what, this could be a way for us to help um, provide for our family. And, um, you know, we're not real estate moguls, but the idea of saving money and buying a house was a big deal for us. Being in ministry, this was a big deal. And then if we could save some more money and then invest that and get a rental property, okay, that would be a big deal too. So um, so being able to do that, um, it requires a lot of effort and time to be able to um, get access to uh, information about properties. Is that going to be potentially a good deal? And so it became apparent to me that if I got a real estate license, then that would be really helpful for me to be able to more easily get information about properties and be able to access them to see if this is something that would be a good fit. So that's what I started to do is, is work on that. Well, sure enough, with my busy life and other priorities, Finishing this class was not happening on schedule. In fact, I passed through the deadline for when I needed to have it completed by, but contacted them, and I think that in this COVID world, they were um, giving some leniency, and so they gave me the chance to extend out when my deadline was, and my deadline was it's coming up in just two weeks. And I wasn't finishing the class. I mapped out this very aggressive deadline. If I worked so many hours a day, I'd be able to get the courses done. It wasn't happening. And there was always a good reason why it was crowded out. There was always some other higher priority, so it seemed. So I said to Carrie, look, I'm just going to stay home, and I'm going to just try to crack the nut and get as many hours as possible done on these, on these real estate two courses that I had to complete. And, um, you know, lo and behold, I put over 40 hours in uh, over the weekend. Um, it was a lot of hours of online classes. <laughs> and I got through most of it. Had, I had some done before the weekend um, from up to then, but I, I, I probably completed more in this one weekend than I had done in the entire year and a half leading up to it. And so there was a sense of, you know what, sometimes if you're going to get stuff done, it's easier to get it done when the wife and the kiddos aren't there. But I had to make a sacrifice, right? The sacrifice was I wasn't with my family over the weekend um, during a holiday, uh, a time on the holiday. But I did it because there was a sense of I'm responding to the grace of God who's saying to me, Tom, I'm getting into the boat of your life, and now I'm going to ask you to go out into the deep and I know you're tired. I know you've been working hard. And now going out into the deep is going to mean extending yourself, giving of yourself. But look, you're asking me to provide for you. I'm going to open a door to have you find a way to provide for your family. But you're going to have to up your game. So moving into the miraculous provision that God has for your life is that grace or is that human effort and you know the answer yes it says yes it's initiated by god it is um you know the 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 beginning of this supernatural work of god is something that god initiates but when god prompts you and says i'm moving in in this way in you he's going to ask you to step up as well he's going to say to you Look, I'm gracing you. I'm opening a door for you. But now you've got to walk through that door. And walking through that door might mean real sacrifice. It might mean serious efforts. It might mean being willing to deny yourself what's pleasing, what's comfortable, what's easy, and upping the game, working harder. And so it seems to me that in this moment of the church's life, and uh, in this moment of we as Catholic, that we as Catholics are facing to be faith-filled witnesses and faithful citizens with the enormity of challenges connected to trying to not just like survive from the health standpoint through COVID-19 
and survive the mental challenges and you know the psychological challenges and the relational challenges connected to the varieties of um, social distancing and other factors that are impacting the way that we're living as a community. But the financial stresses and strains, the incredible like pressures on, on, well, on many of us as we strive to provide for our families. And it's like, God, there are a lot of unknowns here. Lord, look, look just give me a sense that I, I trust that you're going to provide for me. I trust that you're going to provide in a way that will be shockingly generous. But as you prompt me regarding the path that you would, you're opening before me, help me to realize that I might have to up my game and be willing to just not think that God's provision comes through winning the lottery. It's going to mean maybe some extra efforts. It's actually kind of sort of a metaphor for this was my whole um, attempt to get in better shape, right? You've heard about this um, in the past several months. Carrie and I have been sort of walking through this keto world, and I'm this is kind of a sad report. <laughs> I've only had good reports up to now. So this is my first like downturn. And so I guess I've got good news, bad news. So the, the bad news first, the humbling news is that I'm, I've gained five pounds from the lowest point that I had reached. And so, you know, to be fair, I weigh myself after I run. So that's the lowest point I reached. And um, and I've gained back five pounds, but I'm still down 35 pounds. Uh, but I I was down 40 pounds. So, uh, and the principal reason was, man, keto diet is, it can get kind of stale, I guess is the way of putting it. Um, you know, there's so many other foods around that you gotta be very, planful and intentional to kind of keep, at least I did. did. So Carrie and I were talking a little bit about that. Okay, kind of, okay, how do we recover having at hand easy access to food that is going to keep us in ketosis, right? But uh, so that's sort of the humbling news. Uh, On the positive side, um, I went running. Uh, This is, I'm recording this on Labor Day evening. I went running earlier tonight and um, I did this six mile loop um, and I did it um, the fastest I had, um, the second fastest I'd ever done it. Um, the fastest I'd ever done it was a couple of years ago when I was in better shape and um, didn't have this trouble with my calf muscle. Um, so I ran it this time two minutes faster than I'd ever run it most more recently and about 12 minutes faster than I had run it just um, a week and a half ago. Um, so... Uh, and, and what what was different was was when I hit the hardest part of the run, you know, the last couple miles are, are mostly just uphill for about two miles. That um, I I just pushed forward because I wanted to reach the goal. I wanted to beat my best time, and I, I so with that in mind, that was a motivator to push me beyond what I normally would have experienced because I knew that there was a breakthrough. There was this like next level that I would attain if I could get there. And I think that that's a, it's a good analogy for the spiritual breakthroughs that the Lord, he has in store for us. But sometimes there are ways in which these breakthroughs will only happen when we're willing to step into maybe an extraordinary level of effort, of determination, of response. And so I say to you that there are miracles that we leave on the sidelines. There are these supernatural interventions that the Lord is ready, willing, and knocking on the door of our life wanting to come so near to us in intimacy 
and to bless us, to bless us with that, with that sense of a, a kiss spiritually, that, that sense of delight. But we are not upping our game. We are not taking the, uh, the, that added step, that pushing on. And now what does that look like? What does that look like? We can be super concrete here. What that can look like is praying longer. Praying longer. Now, this isn't just like my interesting idea or theory. Great saints have said things like, real prayer happens after the first hour. (laughs) Now, that was written by a contemplative cloistered monk. Real prayer happens after the first hour. Now, what's the insight there? Well, the insight is that when we come into a time of prayer, especially when that prayer is a movement towards contemplative prayer. So a movement towards contemplative prayer means that you're not actively like singing songs or you're not actively um, maybe like taking a walk in the woods and like appreciating God like that, um, or even um, actively reading books, even scriptures or the liturgy of the hours. Um, You're not even actively meditating, like um, reflecting on different mysteries, but you're moving into stillness, into silence and stillness in order to be present to the Lord, gazing upon the Lord who's gazing upon you. That's what I mean by contemplative prayer. That's what this saint is talking about. Now, why is that so important? I'll tell you in a minute on Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. You were made for miracles. Again, if you're enjoying this program, please tell your friends. Go to mycatholicfaith.org. You can sign up right there for the Apple Podcast version of this. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can also rate it, give it a five-star rating, or leave a comment about it. You can also contact me if you have some feedback. If there's a theme you'd like to talk about, if, if, the, if you found this program to be a blessing and you want to share that, love to hear that. Um, and so right there on the website, mycatholicfaith.org, you have a way of contacting me. And please go and access the free resources, the audio presentations, the video presentations, the series that are available, and downloadable forms of my book on the Mass, on Confession, and yes, my new book on marriage, Marriage, a Gift from God. It's free. It's available to you. Just go to mycatholicfaith.org. Okay. You're made for miracles. Real prayer happens, but these miracles sometimes are left on the sidelines because we aren't putting in the dedicated effort. And so real prayer happens after the first hour. What does that mean? Well, here's what I think it means. I know that when I have... Um, like been in a groove in having longer times of contemplative prayer, that it takes a while for the spirit, for our own human spirits, our hearts, to quiet down, to get beyond the burdens of the day, to get beyond the distractions, to get beyond the, 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 the different things that will grab our attention, and to be able to settle into contemplative silence, where we are more and more like drawn inwards, where we're not so focused on like my, our bodies. Our bodies are in a state of stillness. Um, internally, we don't have that interior like conversation with ourselves going on where we're thinking about how much longer do I have in this prayer time. No, it, it's, it's a quieting. And, and those burdens and concerns that we bring into prayer, we've poured those out. We've broken our hearts open and we've emptied them out. And now we are, they're going to put this in quotes, just there. Just there with him. And it's that kind of prayer that, you know what? That takes a lot of effort. That takes a lot of effort. That, that's like running a marathon. That's something that builds up over time through spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines that help train the body, asceticism, that help put to death the spiritual attitudes and ways of looking at things and and behaviors that bind us up, that's mortification. 
So it's this path of asceticism and mortification, being willing to put in like real serious efforts to say, I long to grow. I long to grow into the saint that you intend me to be. I want to be that burning bush, right? I want to be set on fire, right? Those themes I talked about last week as part of this reality of encountering the living God, but now in tenderness and the intimacy and the nearness that he has for your life, that he wants to come close to you, that it's going to take some real effort. And if we're willing to say, you know what, I'm not in a hurry. I'm not going anywhere. Lord, I'm here for you. That in in my experience and in my reading of the great saints in our tradition, it's when we are able to settle into longer periods of being still, and that contemplative quiet that the Lord begins to heal us. The Lord begins, and this is my favorite passage in the scripture to, to describe the experience of contemplative prayer as a place where the Lord heals supernaturally. It's in John eleven forty four. Unbind him and let him go free. You've heard me talk about this how many times on Sound Insight. It's Lazarus raised from the tomb, but still bound up with the burial cloth. He is he experienced a resurrection, a restoration to physical life, but he's still bound up. That's like us. And we are bound up. And we walk around leading these bound up lives. And the Lord is like, I would set you free. I will unbind you and set you free, but you gotta stop moving. You gotta stop wriggling around. You've got to just like stop and let me let me wash over you my love. Let me wash over you my love. Let me gaze upon you in love. Let me just be with you. It is what the Lord is saying to us. This is why I love going to adoration and I recommend adoration all the time because it concretizes that experience. You can be in the real presence of Jesus Christ, the living Lord, the real personal presence of Jesus Christ, the living Lord in adoration. And you can say to him, speak to him person to person, face to face, Jesus, please unbind me and let me go free. Unbind me and let me go free. I am Lazarus and I want to be Lazarus. Lazarus means one whom God helps. I come before you. I acknowledge you as God. And in the intimacy of your love for me, I say, please be for me today one whom you help. Please help me to be Lazarus right now in this time of prayer. I'm here for you, Lord. Wash over me your love. Come and draw near to me in the intimacy of my heart. Enter the the core of my being. Enter into those parts of my life, those places in my memories where I've locked you out, I've held you back, I've closed you down, and unbind me and let me go free. Please do that work. I'm just here. I'm not leaving I'm here. Uh, please, if that sounds awkward, weird, foreign, like different, like I don't know what you're talking about, just try it. Just try it. Just try it a few times. Right? Go to a holy hour. Go to do a holy hour. And I got to tell you, it'll be exhausting. You'll see how hard it is to like make an hour of prayer in a visit in front of the Blessed Sacrament without trying to fill all the time with, well, let me pray the rosary and let me do my liturgy of the hours or let me read the this reflection or let me journal, right? Are, are those good things? Tcha! Hello, those are wonderful things. But I'm saying to you, you're going in for the miracle. You're going in for the miracle. And you maybe will use those prayers to help clear the decks to help wash away those earlier things that will hold us back. Like maybe you pray the rosary for certain intentions you have. Maybe you're going to um, read certain prayers to, to get into the right spirit and ask for forgiveness. Maybe you'll do the liturgy, the hours as a way of just sort of being with the Lord and, and representing the church and, and fulfilling this task of of praying in, in the hours of the day and, and to glorify the Lord. But if you're going to do those things, that's fine. But give the Lord 40 minutes, 45 minutes, or at least a half an hour of just being still. And you're just going to see how much noise is inside of you. You're going to see how easy it is for us just to say, man, it's so hard to be be still. But work at it, work at it, work at it. Put in the time. Put in the time. There are so many other things we're dedicated to to keep our yards looking nice, 
well, I wish we did a little better at that. <laughs> Keeping our houses looking nice. Well, I wish we did a little better at that. Getting in shape. I wish we did a little better at that. <laughs> right? So many other things that we keeping our our whatever our pet projects, our hobbies, or or whatever other things we're passionate about. What about our spiritual lives? What about becoming a recipient of miracles? Right? But that's going to take some real extraordinary effort. So a real willingness to to put in serious effort. Right? Are you willing to do that? You'll be a recipient of miracles. What's the miracle look like? What happens when you say, unbind me and let me go free? And just let the Lord wash over you with his love. He will come so close to you with the tenderness and the intimacy I'm talking about. You'll discover interior healing, inner healing. You will find that memories that hold you back will begin to be addressed. And and without even you knowing what the memory is, it might flash before you as the Lord He's working on you. You might begin to feel certain feelings intensely as he's healing them and bringing them out from you, bringing them out of you. You might begin to experience certain existential states like fear or anxiety or worry as the Lord is literally working on them to heal you from them. He'll wash them out of you. He's going to lift them up and out of you. And so that's just one of the modes of how the Lord heals is that he begins to like uncover by his working inside of you, kind of like in his, you know, kind of like an operating table, right? A doctor at the operating table and he gets in there and he's like pulling out a bullet or or, found the problem. Let me stitch this thing up. Let me take this thing out. Kind of like that. But you got the divine physician at work. And in fact, contemplative prayer in our tradition has been looked at kind of like being a patient on the operating table where contemplative prayer is sort of like an anesthesia. It gets you to be still. And so you've received enough anesthesia and you're still long enough for the Lord to begin to be able to work on things because you're still that would be practically unlike uh, just practically like incredibly difficult or 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 i guess i want to say it this way it's just not how the saints have talked about how the lord typically heals but this is a typical way that the lord heals in contemplative prayer more in a minute welcome back to sound insight talking about this typical way of the lord's healing you might say hey tom in the scriptures the Lord heals instantaneously, instantaneously. It's like, can I sign up for that? Can I sign up for those like instantaneous healings where I just kind of go into the adoration chapel and I say, Lord, here's my need and you come out healed? Like I, I told that story of the healing of my ankle, right? Five, five years ago. And so grateful to God for that real healing. Um, and yeah, he does do that. He does do that. And I, I would say that I've seen him do that most of the time in physical things, like things that have to do with your physical body, right? So real, like, concrete healings that are a result of supernatural interventions from the Lord. And just so many testimonies of how the Lord does that and and is wanting to do that. But I'm talking about this more inner healings, interior transformations, using words like restoration, that many of us are bound up. We talk about unbinding and setting free and how we're like Lazarus, we're bound up and how the Lord wants to, one strip at a time, remove the those, those burial cloth strips that are holding us back and not letting us be able to move freely. One of the beautiful fruits of contemplative prayer, of being still. Again, this is hard work. This is a dedicated effort, a serious effort. You want to experience God's shocking generosity? Correspond to his graces, to these promptings. And that you'll find, you'll discover, that you'll come away from times of contemplative prayer with certain fruits, certain spiritual fruits. So, for instance, you might find that you're less perturbed at things. That there's a greater sense of patience. You're, you're able to endure certain trials and difficulties with equanimity, 
with a sense of tranquility, with a sense of peace. You'll find that you're able to be more trusting, more open-handed, surrendered, letting go of things, rather than having an anxious concern that grabs onto things and that tight-fisted brings them before the Lord and makes demands, or in that kind of quasi-begging kind of demand, like, you need to do something about this kind of spirit, that 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 diminishes. These are concrete fruits. These are real fruits that I have heard about and experienced that come from the miracles that are accessible in contemplative prayer. Real transformation for your life. You do not have to live a life that is so bound up. Bound up by being quick to be sarcastic. Quick to lose temper. Quick to become envious or jealous of other people. These are not attitudes that we ought to settle for or just to think there's not going to be any change. You will witness miracles. You'll witness miracles happening around you in your family's life. As you come before the Lord, this is the crazy, okay, uh, this is where my program is headed, right? I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to tell these stories today, but not only will you become a beautiful recipient of miracles, but you'll become a conduit for miracles. Because as the Lord begins to have permission to pour pour forth more gifts and graces in your life that is leading you, providing you, and protecting you, signs and wonders and deeds of power. And as this sense of intimacy and tenderness with the Lord grows in you, you'll begin to see the Lord operating with a greater ease and greater capacity. These maybe aren't the perfect words, but you'll begin to see the Lord moving in miraculous ways around you in your family. Wow. How's that for motivation? Come on, guys. You want a motivation? Uh, kind of cut to the chase. Do you want to see more miracles happen in your kids' lives? You want to see blessings flow upon them? You want to see attitudes change? You want to see open doors begin to happen? You want to see a, a change in attitude? Then become a miracle yourself. Pursue the Lord in this way. Seek him out. If I, you know, Here's the thing. If you don't want to do it for yourself, like, uh, you know, Tom, this idea of tenderness and intimacy and nearness and kiss of Jesus and all the altar stuff and all that other stuff— doesn't really move me too much. Well, how about this? Don't do it for your own sake. Do it for the sake of the miracles that you want to see happen in the lives of your kids. Do it for their sake. Do it for them. Do it on their behalf. Do it in their place. It's amazing because, you know, you hear it echoed in so many beautiful writings by founders of religious communities when they're talking to the leaders of their religious communities, that one of the greatest sources of leadership, provision, and protection that a religious superior enacts over those whom he or she leads is through their holiness. It's holiness that leads. It's holiness that provides. It's holiness that protects. So you want to, see your family protected, provided for, and led spiritually, go all in on being holy. Go all in on letting the holy God come close to you, on letting him come near to you. What a great sadness to think that this creator of the universe, that our loving father sent his son upon this earth 2,000 years ago, established this church and puts on display mighty miracles in our lives, for our lives, through the church. 
and invites us to encounter in the intimacy of our own private lives personal miracles to unbind us and let us go free. And we hold back. We say no. We get distracted. We choose other things instead. We just get so, I don't know, like caught up in the things of the world that we lose sight of what really matters, what really matters in the end. Like, what really, what, what is going to endure beyond death, right? Remember the passage I read last Thursday? It was from Matthew chapter five, chapter six, chapter six. Uh, you know, like store up treasures in heaven, right? That are not gonna corrode, that no one can steal, Right? That's where we want our heart to be. And so, yes, we can say we want that, but we got to back it up. The grace is there. The invitation is there. The knock is there. But is our willingness to follow there? Is the effort to follow there? Because the effort to follow is going to mean making some sacrifices, it's going to mean shifting some priorities. It's going to mean undertaking, right, what our tradition refers to as two different, two different paths in spiritual growth, asceticism and mortification. It's going to mean undertaking some spiritual training, asceticism, undertaking spiritual practices that will help us to grow and exercise those muscles, those spiritual muscles, things like silence, solitude, simplicity, fasting, right? And then mortification, dying to self, dying to self. And so where will we experience death to self? Fasting is one. Other forms of penance, other forms of self-denial, other forms of doing the things that we find distasteful, unattractive, less comfortable. Those are the things that will clear away the blockages that will grow in us that generous spirit that says, Lord, I want in on all of the miracles that you have for my life. I want to be completely unbound and set free by you so that the nearness you have for me will be totally fulfilled in my life that I, I will make that a priority. I will pray. I will seek you out. I will await you. I will please anesthetize me, make, put me on that spiritual operating table, divine physician, and do your work. I want to be the recipient of miracles. And watch what God will do. Watch what God will do. All right, we're up against the end of the program. Tomorrow, I'm going to pick up on this theme and talk about not only what God will do in us, but watch what God will do through us. Okay, I want to talk about you becoming a conduit for miracles. I know that might sound like even more awkward, foreign, or scary, but it's actually quite exciting. It, it just raises up the whole bar regarding the drama of being a disciple, that God will actually perform miracles through you. How cool is that? We'll find out more tomorrow on Sound Insight. God bless your day.